0: I'm always listening to music, I'm always on the phone, or I'm always listening to the Busted Open podcast, and I need those earbuds, those earbuds that I can trust, and that's Raycon. You've heard me talk about Raycon's wireless earbuds and how much I love mine. They're half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds I've used, and they sound just as amazing. If you haven't bought a pair, today's your lucky day. Raycon just released their best model yet, the E25s. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable Perfect for the on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. As I said, I'm always traveling back and forth from the Sirius XM studios to Penn Station. I need earbuds that are dependable and don't have wires. I can't have wires as I'm going up and down Penn Station. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J. And celebrities like Snoop Dogg are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash bustedopen. That's buyraycon.com slash bustedopen for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash bustedopen. This is the Busted Open. Podcast. You can listen to the full show
1: Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I get into Rhea Ripley and her winning the NXT Women's Championship on Wednesday. We get Mark's thoughts on Rhea Ripley and her new championship run on today's episode. Also, we get into the Sting and Undertaker rumors. They are really starting to heat up, especially after some new comments from Sports Illustrated by Sting. And lastly, we get into Orange Cassidy from AEW. Mark Henry saw his match on AEW Dark. He's all in because he thinks Orange Cassidy is definitely over. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. When you talk about some of the moments that we saw this past week in the world of pro wrestling, I don't think there's one that's better than what we saw Wednesday night at the end of NXT, and that's Rhea Ripley becoming your new NXT women's champion after defeating Shayna Baszler. Mark, what's your thoughts?
1: Wow. Listen, man, for all of those people that talk about how the WWE doesn't build talent that they don't develop people into being superstars, that it kind of happens on their own. It just happens like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden, there you go. You have a champion. You have a, a unbelievable talent. That's bullshit because they are doing the best job in probably the last five years of building anyone with Rhea Ripley. And I started talking about her a year ago. People were talking about, oh, she looks like a man. Don't look so much like a man now. She's a beautiful woman, athletically built. And yes, she's a woman of stature. She's tall. She's strong. But she's the NXT champion, most importantly. And it's because, not of her size, but her charisma and her talent for wrestling and the fact that she loves wrestling like we love wrestling. And a lot of these people that do all the criticizing, I would rather listen to what happens here on this program, on Busted Open, on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156, than to listen to some Joe. Talk about how what they think, and they haven't done anything in this business, other than grab a phone and start the Twitter thumbs. So let's let's listen to the people that actually have a voice, and go from there. Rip Rip Rhea Ripley, NXT champion, sounds great. Mm.
0: And and you're so yeah. and you're so right. Mark, when you talk about the talent that Rhea Ripley has, first of all, she's so young. She's twenty three years old, and she's just starting.
1: Oh my God, man! I, I, I talked about this yesterday with my wife. I said Rhea is twenty three years old. At twenty three years old, I was I was still lifting. I hadn't even got into wrestling yet she's already been in it been there done that and has carved out an identity what is she gonna do in the next 15 to 20 years and i'm gonna tell you what she's gonna do in the next 15 to 20 years dave she's gonna transcend wrestling she'll be the next rock she'll be the next john cena like she'll be able she'll be the next batista she'll be able to go outside of wrestling and make a living because she'll be a big enough star that people will recognize her and they and her look is different than anybody else in the business and i and i'd say that you know like sometimes you can look different and not be what's the word
0: you might not stand appealing out appealing
1: okay to the masses she's appealing to the masses people are curious people enjoy she's really really good to look at what a beautiful person not just a beautiful human being physically and in her looks but when you talk to her there's a warm feeling that you get from her she's got a heart she cares and i think as a as much as she loves being a heel she loves being healed, just like the rest of us. She's going to be a baby face. She's got to embrace it and start going to the children's hospitals, start doing all of the charity events, and make her the face. She, she. I don't think she'll just be the face of NXT. I think she can be the face of the
0: WWE. Wow. What do you think, Dave? I mean... It's early. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen somebody really get to these heights, even on NXT, this young, this early, like Rhea Ripley has. But we've seen it. We saw the the ring crowded with fans when she won that championship, and what a great moment, what a great visual at the end of that show. Only time will tell, Mark. You know the business better than anyone, and you know the the curves and – you know, what could possibly happen, you know, creatively. Uh, you got you to gotta stay healthy. You have to do the right things. You know better than anybody, if you say that she's this genuinely good person and has a good head on her shoulders mm-hmm. and you're seeing at 23 her reaching these heights already, I'm very excited to see what the next two, three, up to five years is going to be for Rhea Ripley in her career.
1: Oh my gosh, man! It's it's limitless what she can accomplish. You know, at this age and the place that she's in in pro wrestling, um, I truly can look at her and say, you know what? She can write her own ticket. Keep your nose clean. Try your best to coexist with others. Not 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 be. You know, some people can come across as arrogant when they get, you know, enough shining lights on them. They, they want to be the boss of everybody. If she can keep away from that, she's golden. She's a golden goose.
0: You know, uh, I want to ask you about this because you just kind of said something that I find, I find interesting, and I want to get your take on it because I could be completely wrong because I'm not from that world, and you are. So... You know, we had Nita Strauss and uh, her manager and boyfriend, Josh, the King Josh V, in studio. And they were talking about ego. And one thing that they preach is not to have an ego. Have an ego when you're on stage as a rock star. Have an ego because people are buying a ticket to see you. So you need to have an ego. But that ego has got to be checked once you leave the stage. And then then when you're out amongst the people, you have to drop that ego. You have to drop that facade. Would you agree with that? Do you think that's the right way to go? 100%.
1: Every now and then, I'll say something because as it relates to somebody saying that, oh, you're kind of full of yourself, huh? No, I could be if I wanted to because I've done a lot, but I'm not. And I think that every athlete that I've ever really, really liked didn't take themselves so serious that they couldn't joke or be self-defecating or um, allow a laugh to come up just randomly they you know feel like has got to be forced on you like I, I don't like people that try to you know you know I won the NFC championship <laughs> you know like, I don't care it's like at the grander scheme of things I do care mm-hmm. but I don't care to hear it from you and that I try my best not to be that guy
0: now the other side of this is you know when you look at this NXT Women's Championship is Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler did a tremendous job at champion. She held that championship for over 400 days, which made that championship and that win by Rio Ripley meaningful. Do you think this is a feud that's going to go on, or do you think Shayna Baszler is going to move to Raw or SmackDown?
1: No, uh, with one loss in what you say, 400 days. Over 400 Shayna days, Baszler champion. Yeah, is not dead. What's going to happen is you're going to see a different, turned-up Shayna Baszler. Like, when, whenever somebody great suffers a loss, they don't go into your, a closet and cry. They go to the gym. When somebody great loses, they don't have to look for motivation. It's in the mirror. All you got to do is go and brush your teeth. Wash your face. When you look in that mirror, the first thing that's going to come across your mind is, how in the hell did I let this happen? How did I let this happen? That's the championship mentality. And then you go to work. You take your ass to the gym. You sacrifice. You burn the midnight oil, whatever you want to call it. Shayna Baszler is going to do that. Rhea Ripley better have all of her ducks in a row. She better be ready for war because, believe me, Shayna Baszler's been a bring it to her. And I hope that the WWE and NXT allows this match to transcend everything else on the show. Put it in the main event because I guarantee it's going to be hard, hard, hard to follow.
0: Well, one thing we know is she's now NXT Women's Champion, and it was an amazing moment, and I think it's a moment that if you didn't catch, you have to definitely go back and watch, and you're definitely going to have an eye on the future of what I feel is going to be one of, like you said, could possibly be the face of the wwe at one point and that's Rhea ripley
1: like what you're hearing catch busted open live monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on
0: sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app it would probably we would have thought of a miracle that we would ever see the undertaker and sting in the ring again wow. but you know what I don't think it's that much of a miracle because uh, Tommy and I were talking about it on Wednesday, and there's an awesome documentary on the WWE Network. By the way, before we get into this, Mark, is there any way that you could get Triple H, future WWE Hall of Famer, on this show?
1: I think so. Uh, The conversation has already been had. Uh, It was about scheduling and times and what was coming up big that we can get him on. And I think that you know, Royal Rumble would be something really big that we can get on the schedule for. But we have to do that right now.
0: I would love to have, and I wouldn't want to talk about anything with his career. I mean, we could. I'm not saying I wouldn't do that if he. But I, I want to obviously talk about NXT, and I want to talk about the WWE Network. I don't know what influence he has on the WWE Network, but I have a lot of questions. Well, that's, about that's the a WWE question.
1: Network. Yeah, that's you can save that, put that in the list of you know, questions that you want to ask him. Uh, there's a few things that I love to ask him uh, that is unrelated to his career but related to him being a CEO and running a company rather than participating in a company. And um, how, do you, how did he feel to make that transition? Because it's, it's, it's hard to, to go from – I think about all the time structural matters. And I know that he deals with those structural matters on a day-to-day basis and how the game plan works out where you choose who you feel like the business should get behind the most. That's always been, uh, I I think I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear it from him because he is actually doing that job. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Uh, We talk about how hard it is to build a character. Imagine picking who that guy or girl is going to be. It's got to be pretty damn hard.
0: But I will say this, and this is probably the biggest compliment I can give somebody like Triple H, is that, you know, you and I are both Cowboy fans. And I, I loved when Jimmy Johnson was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And one thing that he had a talent for was recognizing talent and putting the talent in a position to succeed. Now, I know that sounds almost so simplistic, and probably it is. But Triple H does a tremendous job putting his talent in a position to succeed on NXT. And that's probably the highest compliment I can give to Triple H.
1: Well, I, I can't wait to get him on because I think it'd be a hell of a segment and we would have to publicize the fact that he's going to be on next week or something like that. So it, it's, man, well, let's do it big. I don't want it to be, you know, a random uh, sighting or, or listening.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know what? I would even fly out to Orlando to, to interview Triple H.
1: Wow. Yeah, I'd do that too.
0: Yeah. And we can you and I could go on to Disney World. We can go on a roller coaster together. No, the log well, we flume. No. Oh, come on, Mark. That would I be don't awesome. Ride rides. You don't like rides?
1: No, I don't. Oh. I, I don't fit and they when you get that centrifugal force, it presses you against the rails and it hurts. I, I just don't like it. There's nothing about roller coasters I like.
0: All right, can we go on like uh the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? That one's not like a roller coaster. It's nice and is. slow, or it's a small world. You can go on something like that.
1: No, mm, no. I, I, my wife, convinced me. Oh, this Harry Potter thing is for the, is for the little kids. It's not gonna go very fast. I almost died on that thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, Mark.
1: Half of my soul is still in Orlando. <laughs> all right, right we, now.
0: all right. You know what we'll do? We'll just go to the Performance Center and interview Triple H. How about Yeah, that? there
1: you go. Let's do that.
0: All right. So I, well, I, so I mentioned the the miracle of Sting and Undertaker, and this has caused quite a controversy even on my social media, because there's people who would love to see it, and there's people who said, you know what, I would have loved to have seen it 10, 15 years ago, but not in 2020. Now, the reason I started thinking about this, because I thought it was a dead issue, because if you remember, Mark, Sting retired officially during his Hall of Fame induction. He said that I am officially retired. But there was a documentary on the WWE Network that talked about... You know, the matches that he had with Seth Rollins. Him coming to the WWE for a first time, his WrestleMania match against Triple H at WrestleMania 31, and then the match with Seth Rollins where he got injured. At the end of that documentary, and courtesy of the WWE Network, Sting had this to say. And I suppose I put those glasses on at the last minute and grabbed a baseball bat, you know, to... (laughs) thinking, who knows, you know, if everything lines up just right, and Vince, and Triple H, and Taker, Sting, maybe we could do this, maybe we could just do a little, let's just do a face-off, you know, Let's, let's just, you know, let's get you guys involved in this or that, you know, okay, you know, maybe I could do that, maybe I could do that, and so, You know, I don't know, again, if it's just ego or pride or whatever, but I feel like I could do it. So, all these years later, oh my gosh, it's insanity. Like I said a while ago, it's insanity, you know. It is what it is. I guess I'm a a pro wrestler for life.
1: First of all, here this they, it gives you chills. And I can understand where he's coming from because made my eye well up a little bit. You, you you we're gonna be restless till they put us in the ground. I miss it, but physically I know I can't do it the way that I did it, and I don't wanna be seen not being who I was, and that's pride, and that's ego. And he mentioned it, and that's what made me realize, yeah, that's what it is. His pride and his ego just said the same thing. I know I I know I can do what I do at a high level, but I can't do it all the time. And I don't want to tarnish my legacy by going out there and not being who I was. Maybe the time passed. That's the way I translated what he said. And him and The Undertaker both, not only can they do it, but it will be hard to follow because of how transcendent both talents are, how how much people have anticipated watching two entities like those guys, the Undertaker entrance, steam dropping from the ceiling, flying in on a zip cord with a baseball bat. I would pay to see that. If they feel like they can still do it, damn it, let them do it. And I will pay for a ticket to see it.
0: Now, Mark, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, Stinger said, if there was a taker situation at WrestleMania, I would listen to that phone call. I could get in condition and I could pull it off. Now, he would add that I think my career is done. I still think about the taker situation Every year, but I don't think it's going to happen. Couple of things from what he said. First of all, he said if he got the phone call, he'd listen, and he thinks he could get in condition and could he could pull it off? So Sting is saying, and maybe like you said, that's ego talking, that he could pull it off. But it's the latter part of that answer that really makes me think that there's a possibility here. And that Sting says that he thinks about the taker situation every year. Like, For somebody like Sting, who's in the Hall of Fame, has announced that his career is done. Like, Mark, I know you. I talk to you all the time on and off the air. You're a Hall of Famer. I don't think you have any regrets about your situation. And I'm sure you look back at your career and you're satisfied. Like, you're able to walk away and you say, you know what, I, I faced the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I, I, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I've, 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 I've held the World Championship. I, I, I faked out an entire audience on Monday Night Raw and faked my retirement. You've done it all, so you walk away and you can walk away clean. I, I know you're, like you said, a wrestler is always a wrestler, and you're going to be a wrestler to the day you die. But you're able to walk away without any regrets with a smile on your face.
1: Aha, uh-huh, though, Dave. That's me. That's you. I got, to, I got to live the dream. I got to be in there with The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, and the list goes on of Hall of Fame guys that I was able to compete against. Sting didn't. He didn't get The Undertaker when he, when he was supposed to, when everybody was clamoring for it, when Dave, when we were young, when we were thirty-five, forty, he should have got it, and he didn't, and and there's regret, and there's a sense of, damn, I, I got I got robbed of that moment, and I think he really wants to get that done, and he said he would take that call, I think that he wants that call, I don't think that it's a question of, oh, I, I'll take it. What he's doing there is not setting himself up for disappointment. I did that a long time. I don't, I don't care. I mean, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. That's bullshit. When it comes to competing and having your name etched in history, and long after you're dead and gone, people will mention the fact that you were a part of the streak, you were a part of this, or you were immoralized and immortalized. Sting didn't get it. As great as Sting was with WCW, his name is not synonymous with the WWE or WWF, neither. Who won the war? WWE. Where do you want your name to be etched in history? The WWE. And there's a lot of people that come to the WWE. They don't get that moment. Their contracts run out. They leave and go other places. But the people at the other places are like, man, if I could just get one shot at being at the WWE so I can get my name etched in those books. It means something. And, I'm, I, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to read this tweet. And I told you that I don't, I want to fight people, but I'm not going to fight anybody. I'm not going to hit nobody for free. Chris Denning tweeted me yesterday and said, Mark, NXT has been around longer and has better name recognition. And I watch AEW and NXT, but I've been enjoying AEW more. And it's better than both Raw and SmackDown. That's another one of those cases where you got these trollers. You got these guys that they're they're in this fictional war of the fans. Brother, don't tweet at me about the war stuff. We're into something bigger than that. Like what Dave and I are talking about right now, he's a he's a busted open listener. So, I, I, I'm I'm sure that that Chris is listening. Chris, what's more important than the fan war? Is the legacies of the pro wrestlers that never got an opportunity? That's more important to me as a fan than the call the tweet that you made.
0: Well, you know, this is this is my take on it. And l- listen, everybody has their favorite show. I just said my favorite show is NWA. His favorite show is NXT. What 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 have you? But it's what you just said as far as like not having the opportunity. And I think that's the biggest thing in this. Now, maybe for some wrestlers, getting in the ring with the Undertaker isn't that big of a deal. I know I spoke to CM Punk before WrestleMania 29, and I talked to him about, wow, the importance. Man, this is huge. You're going to get up against The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And CM Punk really didn't seem to think that that was that big of a deal. I think he wanted, he'd rather have been in the main event than to face The Undertaker. Okay, that's his opinion. But when it comes to Sting, the fact that he thinks about it every year— the fact that he had a Hall of Fame career, was the face of WCW, you know, had a career that I guess a- anyone would would die for. Even after announcing his retirement, there's something that's eating at him. Like I talk about, you don't have that, Mark. You had you face you you achieved every goal that you wanted in the WWE, in the world of pro wrestling. Sting didn't. He still wants that match against The Undertaker. So, yeah. you know what? Why not give him that? Is it really going to hurt his legacy if he goes into the ring with The Undertaker at WrestleMania?
1: Not at all.
0: The last match that he ever had was against Seth Rollins, and he got hurt with that buckle bomb. Do you, don't you think Sting deserves better than that?
1: Yes, he does. And, and while we were on that vein, um, Punk was wrong. Punk was wrong as for as 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 it relates to him being in the main event and him wanting to be the face. Some people chase titles. Some people chase the position of power to be in the golden circle, whatever you want to call it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And Punk is entitled to that. But to say even if you think it, you shouldn't say Well, I wasn't, you know, really into being in the match with The Undertaker because, you know, or whatever the reason. That's disrespectful. And it's a little bit narcissistic. You need to be able, if you have a match with The Undertaker, it's a legacy match. It's above the business. And as long as you have that and they sign your damn check, which is at the end of the day, one of the most important factors, pay me like the main event. I'm in the match with the Undertaker, I wanna get paid like I'm in the main event. Then you don't have a problem. But my thing was, there, there was a problem with me with that comment because um, that's like having a match with Hogan, The Rock. Andre, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, you have a match against a great wrestler It does something for your career, it does something for your legacy. After you're done wrestling, fans will come up to you and they'll go, man, that match you had with this person, that person, it changed my life, it made me a fan. That's what the hell is important. Not about your ego. I want to be in the main event at WrestleMania. I've been blessed. Yes, I was, I was in that. But getting back to what Sting is, Sting didn't get that opportunity. And when he looks in the mirror, he realizes there's a legacy thing that I didn't get that I want. And even if it's a one-off, It'll be satisfying to him, I guarantee you. If you don't know Sirius XM, then listen up commercial free music plus sports, comedy, talk and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car right now. You can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for just $1. Just go to siriusxmcom busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone at home and online. That's siriusxmcom busted offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no
0: car required. Mark- you said something during the break that I want to I want I want you to repeat because I think it's amazing and you couldn't do it with The Undertaker but you certainly can do it with Sting. The WWE production staff and what they do with their documentaries on the network is phenomenal. Do the same thing for Sting. Present on Monday night Raw about Sting wanting to have this one last match to validate his career. Because it's
1: about legacy, it's not about titles. It's about, you know, people go to school to get their their masters, and they get their doctorate, and they get this fancy job, and to be able to live out the dream, the American dream, or the dream that my parents saw for me. But at the end of the day, There are things that you want to do because you want to do them because they complete you. Sting has not had the opportunity since he worked with Flair to have a a building point in his career where it's legacy driven. He and The Undertaker can do that. Now they can do it. You show like the big boxing events. And you show the boxer in his camp working out and training. You show him with his family. You show him as he prepares for this legacy match at WrestleMania. And you show Sting on the other side of that coin. Training. Looking in the mirror like Rocky. Them showing, watching him watching old videos of himself. And him with his coach whoever that might be, we got to do this. You're not that guy no more. Let's find out who you are right now. And you build it and you build it until you get this legacy match. It's not about titles. And he cuts that promo. I'm not here for a title with The Undertaker. Hell, I'm not even here for the money. Even though the money's good. Yeah. What I'm here for is so when I die, on my list of accomplishments is I beat The Undertaker. Sold. Sign me up twice. I want to see it. Because it's, it's... it's how you build. And that is what we're missing. And you know what? I say that's what we're missing, but we're getting it with Rhea Ripley. We're getting it now with Seth Rollins. We're getting it with the Fiend. We're getting it with Umberto. Like you look at you look at AEW what Jericho still doing he's 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 helping build these guys that people don't know really well they should be man doing cartwheels and backflip flips i got to be in there with jericho it's a career builder it's a legacy match people will remember my name cuz i wrestled this this guy who's Who's unbelievably great. That's where Sting is. It's time for him to have that legacy match, to have that match that defines him with the WWE, as opposed to what his career was at WCW.
0: Now, you mentioned about, because you talked about Chris Jericho and what he's doing with AEW, how he's building that younger talent. And I think you could also build, if it's the right time, if you want to do it, you could build this build this match at WrestleMania as Sting's last match and Undertaker's last match. You want to make it the ultimate oh. legends match, the Sting and Undertaker's last match. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that say, well, the Undertaker's last match should be putting a younger town over. Undertaker's done that. He's uh, done it. Und- look at where Undertaker, like Undertaker at WrestleMania 33 against Roman Reigns. You know, uh, you know, taking Brock Lesnar to another level by having him defeat his undefeated streak at WrestleMania. I think that The Undertaker has given so much in his career because, let's face it, Mark, the the one blemish, really, when it comes to The Undertaker is that that undefeated streak ended. Once that happened, all bets are off. So, to me, like, if if he wins in his last match, I don't think that's... Not him, not putting somebody else over because he's already done that in his career. He's already done that. He's not retiring with the undefeated streak intact. So you, we could have you and I, Mark, you and I could talk for hours about who should win that match. Between the thing yeah. and Undertaker. If it's truly the last match for both their careers, you and I could talk for days about what the outcome of that match should be.
1: Dave, you know how how impressive this would be? Imagine right now. What did the streak end at, 21?
0: It was t- 21 and 1.
1: So 21 and 1 but so, okay, well, that's
0: yeah. why yeah, cuz you know, it I, I believe at WrestleMania 30, that was the the 22nd match for The Undertaker.
1: Okay. Who in wrestling right now can do that? Nobody. Last for last for 21 years. Anybody? I mean, Rhea Ripley, she's young enough. But she's gonna run into Ronda Rousey. Hopefully, she's gonna run into Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar, Sasha, Bailey, and you know, she, she she's not out of the woods yet with Shayna Baszler. And who else might develop in the women's division? There's other there's other women out there that could. But but the the point I'm saying. She's young enough, but can you beat all those women consecutively? Undertaker did for 21 years. And even if Sting becomes a violent casualty, he can always say is, hey, I got my opportunity. I did the best that I could do with what I had. But if he never gets that opportunity, there'll be a void in his wrestling career. He did not get the big one. And regardless of what CM Punk said, the standard is how you face, who you face at WrestleMania. Namely, The Undertaker.
0: And listen, CM Punk. CM Punk said that, you know, at that point when he wrestled The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29, he was kind of done. And he was pissed, Yeah, and I and understand was, that. And he saw AJ Lee backstage, who, you know, obviously... Uh, who he cared forward, about. Who he cared about and turned to his wife. Yeah. And right before, he saw her right before that match with The Undertaker, and when his music hit, he told her that he'd rather stay and talk to her instead of wrestle The Undertaker. Now, that sounds nice on paper, but... Man, if you're a professional wrestler, AJ Lee's going to be there when that match is over. She ain't going anywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the fucking Undertaker, man. And I don't care if it's the first match on the show or the last match on the show. When you're facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania. and Oh, by the way, this was during the streak. Come on, man. I like, Come on, man. Come on. Come on.
1: It, it equates to those people that say shit like, you know it's fake, right? That's the same feeling. When I heard that, I was like, Fuck. I couldn't believe it.
0: Alex, like it. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, Mark, but Alex, you you went back and you listened to that interview that we did with CM Punk at yes. WrestleMania 29. And I don't remember if it was during the interview or off the air, but... Doug and I, and it was when Doug Mortman was the co-host of the show, and Doug and I were talking to Punk, and he and he stopped us, and he's like, "You you guys do know this is this isn't real, right?" Like, I don't recall hearing that way. Okay, I so it was off it. the air, so but he did say that. It was like we're because we we're talking about the match with the Undertaker, and man, Doug and I as fans of Punk and the Undertaker, like we're juiced. We're gonna see the Punk and Undertaker at WrestleMania twenty nine.
1: And- That's when you're really done. That's when you're angry. And you 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 hate the business
0: yes and and at that time I
1: haven't I've, I've never got to where I hated the business. I have got to where I hated the thought process behind how I was viewed. I did hate that. Mm-hmm. there was a time when I was like, man screw this and I would never go out there in half ass. I would always go hundred percent and people always saw. Hey, the dude went 100%. And I would embrace things that weren't always popular with me. Because I knew that it was not for my benefit, but who who I was wrestling against, I had to be up for them. I never never let it get, I would have never told a fan, no fan, that I was mad at Vince, or I was mad at the production process, or this wrestler didn't do what he was supposed to do and it didn't go over the way I wanted it. I would never, never say that. And and you know what, Punk don't owe no apology to nobody. Namely me or anybody else. He don't owe an apology or nothing. But I'm just saying from the standpoint of, I respect the dude, I love the fact that his work. And on my tombstone, when they say Mark Henry's favorite matches, the matches that I had with Punk were some of my favorite matches. But what I will say is as a respect to the business I would have never said that. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m.
0: to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. There's been people that have been extremely critical of Orange Cassie. Jim Cornette's been very critical of Orange Cassie. How can you be when whatever he's doing must be right just based on the crowd response? And you could hear it. In that piece of audio we just played
1: over, over, over. The dude is over. It don't matter. I remember Mick Foley pulling a damn sock out his pants. Over. I remember Santino reaching into his wrestling gear and pulling out a damn snake and putting it on his arm. It was over, Orange Cassidy. Guys, everybody, I know this. This is it's not really breaking news because it's, it's 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 been there before, and everybody should know by now. The dude is over. Use him like he's over. And in in that clip, I have to say, as, as much as I was entertained by what was going on in the ring. I was just as entertained by the commentary. (laughs) The commentary was tremendous, and they ought to be commended.
0: How about Vicky Guerrero on commentary? She was pretty damn good.
1: Pretty damn good. And um, I I love seeing the fact that um, the crowd, not only did they – if you close your eyes and you didn't see that it was Orange Cassidy You would think Shawn Michaels was in the ring. CM Punk was in the ring. Guys that got a reaction off of almost everything they did. Ric Flair chopping somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like John Cena getting set up for uh, the five-knuckle shuffle, The Rock, doing the People's Elbow. That's what it sounded like in the ring. Who else gets the, oh, 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 oh. Maybe Daniel Bryan? Did I mention anybody that nobody knew? I mentioned people that were over. Yep. Treat the dude as such. You want a superstar? on that show, feature him as a over-superstar. And in all the powers that be at AEW, you're gonna have to do some critical thinking because you can't just put him in there. But don't not put him in there because of his height, because of his weight. Because he doesn't work a traditional gimmick. You want a superstar that can match Jericho? Do the right thing. And now you'll have another major player on the show that people will look forward to watching that program, which will raise your rating. I mentioned this a long time ago. I'm, I'm not entertained by everything in wrestling. I find myself analyzing wrestling now. I watch it. The first time, I try to just enjoy it. But it's hard for me. I end up writing. Or I end up taking notes. I remember when I used to watch wrestling, and I would just watch it and laugh and jump up and be excited. But when... When Orange Cassidy comes on, I put the pen down. He makes me enjoy wrestling. Not from an analytical standpoint. I'm a fan of his. Damn it, give the dude a shot. And then we won't be talking about a war. We'll talk about an ass whooping. Because he can give you that extra ratings lift that you need.
0: I'm just saying. You're not wrong by anything you just said. You know why? Because you got the crowd He's reaction. over! You got the crowd <laughs> <laughs> That's why.
1: He's over. I'm going to eat a snack just because. Just I, because.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you eat a snack. You got, you I'm eating a snack th- right th- here <laughs> on radio. I, I, well, why not? Tommy does it every Wednesday. <laughs> by the way, Tommy's on a diet. He's lost some weight. Tommy's looking good. Really? bully! it's got it's almost at the point where bully can't make jokes anymore.
1: Send me a picture. I got to see it.
0: He's not here to take a picture of.
1: No, I'm talking about didn't you say you yesterday on the show that you were going to take a picture and post it?
0: I did post a picture on Wednesday of Tommy, but it's he looks very disheveled. <laughs>
1: Wow, that a new word for my vocabulary.
0: <laughs> he is very disheveled looking. But, Mark, you're right about Orange Cassidy. I, I was lucky enough, speaking of Tommy, I was lucky enough to meet Orange Cassidy at Hardcore 56 in Philly. Luckily enough, in his match, Orange Cassidy's match, The referee got injured, was out. I was lucky enough to have my referee shirt on underneath the wrestling shirt that I was wearing at Hardcore 56. Luckily, I have a license to officiate in Pennsylvania, so I was able to referee the match at Hardcore 56. And you talk about a guy who's humble outside the ring, Mark. That's Orange Cassidy. He gets the game. He understands it. And he has a passion for it. This, this guy's going to be a success. And again, listen, this is a memo to everybody. I'm not just like picking on Jim Cornette. It's for everybody that hates on Orange Cassidy. If you don't get it and you don't like it, why shit on the people who do? It's supposed to be fun at the end of the day. Obviously, Orange Cassidy is not going to give you a match like Ric Flair and... Ricky Steamboat with the gimmick that he has right now. But if you're listening to that crowd reaction we just heard, Mark, and he's giving a little kick to the right leg. He's giving a little kick to the left leg. And the fans are screaming at the top of their lungs like they were. Let me tell you, in Philly, of all those matches that were at a a House of Hardcore, the match with Orange Cassidy, Sonny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully was the most over of the night. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I and, wasn't there. But I tell you what, I can see that being an exciting match. And you know what I actually said to Tommy and Bully? I said, man, that match should have been the main event. because And it, and it wasn't. And, the, you know, they're not selfish people. They didn't want to book themselves in the main event. But honestly, nobody could follow that match. Nobody could follow it. Go go look it up. the The, the interaction between Bully, one of the greatest heels of all time, and Orange Cassidy was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And the crowd, that jam-packed crowd in the 2300 Arena or the ECW Arena in Philly was buying into every single moment of the match. Isn't that what you want?
1: Yeah. That's what I want as a fan. I mean, it's, it's, it's few and far in between the people that, that make me not analyze. They take my mind off of Sometimes this job, like I watch wrestling with the intent on reporting what I'm seeing, giving you a, a an experienced understanding of what I'm seeing. But when Orange Cassidy comes on, I throw all that shit out the window. I get to be a fan again, and I love it. And I, man, I miss it. I want more Santino. I want more comedy in wrestling. I want more slapstick. I want more stories that relate to how this person became this person. And I can't wait for the moment that AEW says, well, this is how Orange Cassidy came to be. The guy is just so cool. He's like a combination of the Fonz. He's a combination of cool hand Luke. And I'm dating myself, yes. Great movie, Cool Hand Luke. But the dude has got an edge to him. Mouse. I forget the movie now that Denzel was in with Don Cheeto, Where Don Cheeto played Mouse. This character. He would take no shit. <laughs> Zero. But he never was loud and obnoxious. You act up, he pull out his little billy club, whack you across the head. Devil in a blue dress. Devil in a blue dress, and then whack, and then he'd smoke you if he had to. <laughs> He's just like, hey man, he moved, <laughs> you know, and that's how I get what I get with Orange Cassidy. I don't see him get rattled, frustrated, but I do want to see him get beat up. And then I want to see him come back and do what he does and entertain and get over because I already have an emotional tie with him. I, I'm already, I already have a sympathy to get heat on him would be so easy. I mean, mega easy, a punch and a kick easy, a stomp on the hand easy. And then let him do what he does.
0: You know what, Mark? That's what what you just said is what I want to shout out on the top of my lungs. Let him do what he does. Let him do what he does. That's
1: all you got to do. And then people will be buying tickets and they'll be selling Orange Cassidy shirts, hand over fist. They'll have Orange Cassidy sunglasses. They'll have Orange Cassidy Uh, pocket protectors because you don't want to get the inside of your pockets dirty when you put your hands in your pockets. Whatever you want to make, you'll be able to sell. Do the right thing. Let the guy do what he does well. Damn. It's not rocket science,
0: guys. And, And this is like, and I know this is always the theme with you and I when we have these conversations. And Alex, I'm sorry, Mets and I have had conversations about this before the show. Seriously, like, serious conversations where we get so frustrated, not only as people who work on Busted Open, but as fans. About now, like, now AEW, Mark, AEW's been around, the show has been on for 12 weeks. And this is not a knock on Dave Meltzer, because I like Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer's a part of our... Uh, defining moments of the decade special that is premiering 9 a.m on Tuesday morning. But when you're critiquing a show that's been on for 12 years and talking about all the stuff that they're doing wrong and man you know like you know fans want to see superstars and this developed and it's been 12 weeks. It's been three months three months. You gotta give it time. Why is everybody so impatient? Give it time to develop and see where it goes. Mark, we haven't seen an organization in pro wrestling outside the WWE be able to sell 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 seats since 20 years ago. 20! Ring of Honor wasn't able to do it until just recently at the Garden. TNA was never able to do it. WCW in its dying days couldn't do it. There's been no organization that's been able to do it. We finally have one with AEW. And everyone's talking about, well, how long is Tony Khan going to put money into this? How long is TNT going to do this? Like, now all of a sudden, the in thing is to shit on AEW. What's wrong with people? And then they when stupid. I, they're stupid. You know what? They're stupid. Can't, there's no other answer for it, Dave. If you want AEW to fail, you're stupid. You know why? Because as a fan, you should want everything to succeed. If you want the golden era of the 80s to come back, guess what? There needs to be more than just one organization to be able to do it. You want the Monday Night Wars back? Guess what? It takes two organizations to start a war. And then when it was just the WWE, everybody bitched and moaned about how the WWE sucked and I hate this PG era and I hate John Cena. Now you finally have options and everybody just wants to shit all over it. What's wrong with you? Why? Why can't you watch both? And you know what? If you don't like AEW, all right, you don't like watch AEW, watch NXT. Do you have to shit on everybody that does like AEW? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Seriously. Oh god. I see it all the time. To- I talk highly about I bully, I mean bully say, makes a joke about this Mark. But Mark, do you see I get tweets that I'm like up Jericho's ass and I'm kissing Jericho's ass. Why? Because I'm saying that he's phenomenal. Is am I saying anything wrong, Mark? Do you not want to watch Jericho every time he's on your TV? Yes, I do. And then if I say something nice about Rhea Ripley, or if I, God forbid, I like a Monday Night Raw, well, then you're a mark for the WWE. You must be getting paid by Vince McMahon.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the next one. That's the first thing that people say. Oh, you're on the payroll. Hmm.
0: You know what? I wish people would appreciate everything you just said because, Mark, let me say this. As I'm talking to you, you're wearing a WWE t-shirt. A, Mark is wearing a WWE t-shirt. B, the guy's in the Hall of Fame. C, he wrestled nowhere outside of the WWE. And as far as I know, Mark, you're still working with the WWE, correct? Yes. Well, the guy for 15 minutes just talked about how much he loves Orange Cassidy.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open
1: from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make-a-splash-all-summer kind of fun. The I-can't-believe-I-ate-that-whole-funnel-cake-let's-get-another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's
0: Island is now open weekends.